Hi, everyone, and welcome to Where Faith Grows. I'm your host, Laura Lambert. Every episode, I sit down with a friend, some old and some new, and we explore areas of our lives where we can let faith thrive and flourish. I'm so happy you're joining me here today. Let's find out together where faith can grow. and welcome back to Where Faith Grows. This week, I got to sit down and chat with Angela Lyons all the way from Ontario, Canada. Angela was a full-time elementary teacher that was working through the seniority list. Although she loved working with students and felt like she was making an impact, the demands of the profession and process left her feeling burnt out, overwhelmed, and running on that hamster wheel of life. She was also working evenings and weekends in the restaurant industry and was tired of living to work rather than working to live. Feeling unbalanced and unhealthy, she partnered with a health and wellness company to grow new choices for her future and never looked back. Growing in her faith, leadership skills, personal growth, and purpose, she built a successful online business and was able to create the work-life balance she always dreamed of. Now she dedicates her time to mentoring other women to create their own side gig and flourish in all areas of abundance and well-being. She is stress-free, passionate, on purpose, and just getting started. I love this episode because today we're talking all about finding balance in our lives and in faith. As Christian women, I think most of us can relate to the struggle of prioritizing what matters and finding balance between all our responsibilities and our own self-care. You will just love all the nuggets of wisdom Angela shares in this episode, as well as her own life story and how she found balance in her career, personal life, and faith. I can't wait for you to love this one as much as I did. So without further ado, here's my chat with Angela Lyons. Angela, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I think you win the award for my most distanced interview. Nice. Yes, perhaps. (laughs) Yes. Angela is coming to us all the way from Ontario, Canada. Yes. Just north of Toronto. Most, Most people know where that is. Yeah. Yeah. I think some people know where Ontario is. I mean, if I had to pinpoint it on a map, I would fail, but like I've at least... yes. It's a province, just like a state. We'll we'll say that. It's the equivalent of a state yeah. for those listening in the United States. I know that you're East Canada. That's what I know. <laughs> kind of like central. Yeah. Right above really? um, Michigan. Like right. Oh, okay. Yeah, Michigan. yeah. 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 I guess there's not really much that's very far East Canada, is there? Well, there's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, we're not gonna get into geography today. Okay. <laughs> Well, start us off by just telling us a little about yourself. So a little bit about me is, um, man, there's so many. How do we always define ourselves, right? I am a wife. I know. I am an entrepreneur now, uh, a teacher still, and I'm just really passionate about life. Honestly, I'm really big on purpose and finding our purpose and living our purpose. Mm. But more importantly than anything is doing that because doing so Gives people, other people, the grace and the space and the encouragement to do it too. And I just think we need more of that in the world. So I think more than anything, I'm an encourager. (laughs) I love that. Yes. I love that. 
tell and then tell us a little bit about like how did you come to know Jesus? Like what's a little bit of your testimony? Yeah, my my background and my faith. So I was someone which I'm sure many listeners can relate. I was born into faith. So I was born into a pretty religious family. Both of my grandparents on my dad's side were ministers in the Free Methodist Church. And they were very devout <laughs> believers. <laughs> and But I think religion and relationship are two different things. And even yeah. though I grew up in a religious household and we attended church every Sunday and, you know, we prayed at meals and, um, you know, my mom would, would read my brother and I the Bible before bed as kids. My relationship with, with Jesus and with God and with Christ, it wasn't, I would say, great. I remember praying as a mm. child and and having and knowing and feeling like the presence of God. And I remember accepting, um, you know, Jesus as, as my Lord and Savior as a little kid with my mom. But then things got a little strained. They, they were strained as I was growing up because, uh, you know, my grandparents, even though they were lovely people, they were very pushy with their faith. <laughs> and, and with my personality type, that just really kind of pushed me the opposite way. And yeah. So really, they, they passed away when I was about 18, 19 years old. Um, they were a lot older. They had my dad at a later age. And I really didn't get to know them as people. I only really ever right. knew them as, you know, telling me, did you read your Bible? And did you go to church on <laughs> Sunday? And and that just always, and I just, I think, had that desire just to know them too. Yeah. And because I never got that, I think it it just gave me a bad perception of what faith was. Oh, yeah. So but, you know, God was always with me. And it's interesting because even though I fell away and my relationship became strained in my 20s, um, you know, you go through life and life just wasn't working out for me. And after a series of failed relationships and just not feeling, feeling fulfilled in life, right. I had that desire to just really lean in. And I did. Mm. And I started going back to church and I got to, you know, explore my own faith on my own terms and um, it's only grown from there. I love what you're saying about like relationship and religion are so different because oh, it's you're like talking about all the stuff I've been thinking about literally over the last month. It's like when we just spin our wheels, like trying to do all the right things, we don't have time for like the relationship side. We're just like checking our little list off, like yeah. making sure we're doing everything right. And it's exhausting. And then you're like, is this really all I'm here for? Yeah. <laughs> is this really it? And so I just love how you said that because I think that's so relatable, especially women. I think women are, we have to tell ourselves we're the biggest culprits because we love to like have our little list and oh, check it twice. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so you might've touched on this a little bit, but tell us just like, what are your hobbies? What are you passionate about? Like what... Brings you joy. Yeah, so I did. I Like I already said, my biggest passion really is helping others. I just yes. get so <laughs> much joy and fulfillment about, um, you know, seeing others thrive and people believing in themselves and, and just helping people along their journey, right? Uh, I have a theory yeah. in life, too, that we come into each other's lives for a reason, the season, or a lifetime. And I don't know what I will be to everyone or, or what I'll be, but I just always hope that I leave people better than I found them, no matter what it is. And that's really what got my heart into teaching was because I loved yes. being that lighthouse for kids and seeing them learn and grow. And, and, and that's obviously what drew me to that profession. But beyond that, like what I personally love to do is I love to also learn. I'm definitely a yes. lifelong learner. 
I'm always curious. I think staying curious in life is is a fun way to live too. It keeps the joy really present. The excitement. The excitement. <laughs> and I so I love meeting new people. I love um, you know, traveling and seeing new places and experiencing new things. And I also really love nature. I know you and I were talking before too, and, and yes. we both love swimming and the water. And yeah. <laughs> really for me to just dig in and recharge, I think my happiest place is just walking through a forest, swimming in the lake, and and reading yeah. some books. It's just like a good connection. Mm-hmm. I am excited to hear about your teaching career. I That's like the perfect segue because I want you to talk about how you got into teaching, what that was like for you, and then eventually, well, I won't spoil it. Yeah. <laughs> what led next? How about that? Yeah. Uh, we won't like, we'll tease people into it, but you're already saying like, I mean, I used to teach before I did this and before I had Henry and now soon to be another kid. And I think that's so common is we get into teaching because we want to help people. We get into teaching because of the passion behind like wanting to pass on our love of learning. I have used the phrase lifelong learner about myself so many times. And I think so many good teachers, like, that's why we wanted to do it. Like that was the whole thing as we were passionate about spreading that love of learning and encouraging students to stay curious. So I'm interested to see where that went for you. So tell us about that. Tell us about your teaching career. What was great? What wasn't great? So as I said before, I became a teacher because uh, I just loved sharing that love of learning and seeing others just be empowered and and thrive. And also I loved kids. I think kids, yeah. I, I was a teacher in elementary school and I taught everything from kindergarten. At, well, even on supply, I taught everything from K to eight. I even uh, taught in high school briefly through the um, an agricultural teaching program, which I did briefly before wow. I was hired with, with the school that I was at. But, you know, I loved it. I loved that joy and that passion. And even too, just on a, a human level, you know, we never know what children are coming to school from, what their mm. home experience is like. And I feel um, just being able to make a difference and maybe put a smile on a child's face, even that too, it's just, it's such a rewarding profession, yeah, right? It is. Um, it's just so, you know, we're so blessed and educators really are incredible people. But the side of it that, you know, I didn't think about before I got in the profession and which you know, I think many teachers feel the strain of sometimes is, you know, being one person that has so many different uh, ways that they're being pulled. So you are one teacher and I would have anywhere up to 32 students in the class, which can be challenging at times (laughs) when you have different needs and different levels. And, you know, sometimes you'd have students in that class that are working two or three grade levels below so there's just, there's so much that you can always be doing and yeah. there really is just never enough time. And yeah. I know, you know, many, many people that I talk to, just friends, of course, they, you know, they think, oh, you're so blessed being a teacher. You get your evenings off and your weekends off, and your summers <laughs> off, which no. is true. That's, that's very blessed. However, I, yeah, I think what people often fail to realize is how much of our work we actually bring home. Yeah. Whether it is physical work of marking and planning. And there's just, like I said, there's always more you could be doing. You could always be reaching more kids and you could always be, you know, if you just had more time to spend with yeah. that student, you could really help them to thrive. And I think that's the stretch and the pull that sometimes could be very stressful mm-hmm. and really cause me to get out of, out of balance. So for, you know, the first few years of my teaching career, 
I would work all day and I would come home and I would work most of the evening too. And it wasn't until, you know, I really started to realize, okay, you know what? I love my job and I love what I do, but you know, my family and and even me, like I'm getting what's left of me, not the best of me. And I also, you know, my family and all those things matter in my life too. So that's when I really found the need for balance (laughs) and knew that something (laughs) had to change because, you know, bringing what was left of me even back into the classroom every day wasn't serving anybody. Right. Right. You're just like constantly operating on 20% exhausted all the time. It just gets increasingly difficult. (laughs) And like, I want to preface the rest of our conversation by saying for people who are called to teach, it is a beautiful career. And I would never advocate for you to just leave. What this, what we're about to talk about is just the concept of finding balance. But I also think some of the things you're saying, especially for Christians who get into teaching, we view it as like our mission field because it's like, oh, we're going to really help these students and we're going to be there for them. And all that is so true and so real. But I think that can facilitate burnout too, because you feel like, oh my gosh, this is my mission field. I should be doing more. I should be giving more. And then it's like, there's nothing left of you. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, that's just- I that a lot. (laughs) I know. I kind of, I know we're about to get into that a little further, but so tell us about leaving. Like what was, what ultimately led you to leave? Uh, opportunity. I think that's Mm -hmm. the best way to say it. And I'm glad that you also said, you know, we're not advocating to leave the profession. Sure. Because that's not an option for so many people. Sure. It's not an option. It may not even be a a desire. You know, I know so many educators that are so proud to be an educator and they want to be an educator forever. And that is wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I would advocate to anyone that is that taking time for yourself, you know, to keep the balance is okay. And if it means you're not getting to the marking and the planning tonight because you're spending time with your children and your family, it's okay. Because like you said, you know, we have that pressure if it is our mission field to always be doing more and delivering more. And and that really can never end (laughs) if you let it. But for me, you know, that desire to find balance at the time, it led me to actually pursuing more of my passions on the side. So once I started to establish more boundaries of you know, I also need to keep, you know, to do me. What does Angela like? Yeah. What does Angela want to do? What are her passions? What are her goals? And I knew that there was a need for personal growth and for my own health and wellness. And that's why I started to dig into the health and wellness field. And I started a business on the side, which originally was just for a little bit extra and a bit of a hobby. Right. And to just, you know, learn and to fill my own cup. And that passion began to grow and it, it grew to the place where financially I no longer needed to teach anymore. So yeah. when I said I left teaching because it gave me opportunity, um, there's many different ways that you can teach. And that's what I've learned too. Yeah. And again, I, I do have to say my story, you know, based on my even my company compliance, I have to say my story is not average. I am now <laughs> part of the top 2% of my company. And if Which you want is amazing. to see what that looks like, yeah, you can visit earnings.arbon.com to see what is typical because my story and my journey is not typical, but neither right. is my work ethic and neither right. is the value that I love to add for people and the way I like to show up Yeah, based on my passion and purpose. So that's what I get to do now is I get <laughs> to help people. I get to, you know, I get to teach people about finding their balance and finding mm. their joy and their happiness, which can look so different for everybody. Yeah. 
I love that. And I also love that you said you figured out that you can teach in other areas. Like your love to teach didn't have to be confined to the classroom. And I think that is important for what I'm about to ask you next. And I don't want to put words in your mouth. So if I say something that you're like, ah, I didn't really feel like that, just stop me. But I think for a lot of us, for me, I felt this way when I left teaching. I felt like it was like a mission field and I felt like I was doing great things like for God and for the kingdom by teaching. And so then when I realized like, this is just sucking the life out of me, for lack of a better word. And I was starting to find other opportunity where I could, quote unquote, teach. I felt guilty. Like, I felt so guilty to leave because I felt like I was not only letting down those kids in that school community, but also like what I felt was kind of a mission field. And so I want to know if you felt similarly and just what those feelings were like for you. Oh, I... I wouldn't say that you put words in my mouth at all. I would say those feelings are very <laughs> accurate and valid. And I've gone through all of it. And I have to say, I, mm-hmm. I technically still am a teacher. I am on a, a one-year unpaid leave. So come the fall nice. of this year, <laughs> I will have to make the official decision of what I'm going to do. If, if I'm going to be returning or if I'll be you know, off and what that will look like. But even in the decision of taking that unpaid leave, that's a terrifying thing. Sure. And the it's word unpaid, <laughs> unpaid, chief of which, <laughs> right? Unpaid. And, yes. you know, after you've gone to school for something and you've invested so much of your time and so much of your passion, and like you said, it, it is a calling. And yeah. I definitely felt in so many ways that um, that's where God wanted me to be. And yeah. I, you know, was helping the, those children and the needs of kids. It's a really tough, I think it's just this inner conflict yeah. and turmoil where, yeah, I honestly remember crying about it many times. Oh, me just too. not knowing what to do and feeling very confused and questioning, you know, having that conversation with God. God, what do you really want me to be doing here? Am I doing the right thing? You know, where, where am I supposed to be? And that experience really did, you know, help me to lean into my faith even more of talking yeah. and being in relationship with God more of, you know, really asking, you know, what is it that you want of me and really listening, right? Yeah. Just following those heart tugs, but also having faith in the unknown because yes. <laughs> even doing what I'm doing, especially I think, and you can probably relate to this, those transitional times in your life. And maybe even some of the listeners can relate to this because you may not be a teacher, but you've maybe gone through life changes. Yeah. And when you don't know the outcome, it can be absolutely terrifying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that is when God calls us to faith even more. Yeah. Sometimes whether it might be an impact that has happened in your life that's really changed everything for you, or it's a decision that where you feel called to do something else, you know, sometimes it really just is faith over fear. Yeah. And not having all the answers and maybe even failing and trying to figure it out. <laughs> but it's just little by little, right? It's little by little, day after day, one step. But if you keep doing that, you really can travel far. That's a um, a quote from the author of, of uh, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Little by I was like, I feel like I've heard far. this before. <laughs> yeah. Yes, <laughs> I love Lord of the Rings. I'm not going to lie. But <laughs> I, I mean, I think that's the key. It's like, at the end of the day, God desires balance for us because that's when we can give him our best and that's when we can give the people around us our best. And whether that means making a big change in your life or whether that means looking to find balance where you're planted, 
it's critical. It's just a critical component. It's like you're saying it might not, if you do make a change, it might not be immediate gratification. It might be like, oh, this is really hard, but it's the, it is the pursuit of that balance that like he'll meet you there and help you, I guess. Absolutely. That's the best way to put it. Okay, so I really want to tell you guys about the Tailwind app. This Instagram and Pinterest scheduler has more than doubled my engagement on both platforms, and I just can't sing its praises enough. Let me tell you a few things that I love about it. Number one, it's an easy visual scheduler, so you can see what your Instagram feed will look like, and it gives you great insights into the analytics and performance of your posts. Number two, you can schedule content for Pinterest and Instagram and they have the ability to create visually stunning pins right within the app, and you can even schedule Instagram stories. Three, they have their own hashtag generator, which this is one of my favorite features. I use it every single time I make an Instagram post because it recommends top hashtags based on your caption and even gives you the popularity of that hashtag, as well as the ability to create hashtag groups that you can use over and over again. Number four, they have a smart bio feature that allows you to create multiple in-bio links, customized to your brand colors, and even tie links to specific Instagram posts. I seriously love Tailwind. I've been using it for months now and have seen great results. And I knew you guys would love it too, so I went ahead and snagged a $15 code for you guys that has no expiration date. If you just use my link that's in the show notes of this episode, you can get a $15 credit towards Tailwind Pro to use right now. Or you can just go to tailwindapp.com slash I slash It's Laura Lambert to redeem your $15 credit today. Tell us a little bit about balance. What does your life look like now? Now that you've left, what does balance look like in your life and and faith? So different. It's just, <laughs> it, it's a complete 180, a complete 180. So I think the biggest way that it has impacted my life and my faith is in the time, yeah. right? You know, time is for all of us, our most precious resource and we never get it back. And, you know, <laughs> money can buy things, but it won't buy you happiness. But it doesn't even matter the amount of money you ever have. No one can buy time. Right. So I think for all of us, we all have our our passions and our desires, but we may be so wrapped up in our responsibilities or our work or our obligations that we never really get to explore them. And the beautiful part about the life that I'm living right now is that, you know, for the first time in my life, I, I could even say, you know, back when this all started five years ago, you could have classified me as a workaholic. Yeah, <laughs> I was same. teaching. I, I also was working in the restaurant industry at the time, evenings and weekends and managing. And, oh my and I was, gosh. I was doing that because that's what I thought you had to do. I thought if yep. you wanted to live a good life, you just had to work more. And, and I learned it's the exact opposite, really. You just need enough. <laughs> yeah. You need enough and, and God will meet you there. But with this time that I'm blessed now through the work that I do now, I get to really pursue my passions. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm attending and my faith has grown because I'm able to do things I just never had the time to do before. Yeah. So I'm able to attend a Bible study that happens on a Tuesday at 10 a.m. Which Normally that was something I would never have been able to do. Um, I'm able to, you know, spend time in, in conversation with people that otherwise I wouldn't have the time to talk to. I'm able to be here on this podcast right now. <laughs> there's just, there's so many, there's so many blessings that have yeah. come from that gift of time and just leaning in. 
<laughs> leaning in and and going along the journey. Yeah, I love that. That you said something in the middle there, which I'm probably going to butcher it, but I want to get it right. You were basically saying like um, with ba- when you now that you have balance, you're able to pursue your passions, and that just like a light bulb just went off in my head because that's. I think like those tugs in our heart, like those passions that are are just the deepest rooted within us, those are the things that God wants us to be doing. Like he instilled those in us from the very beginning of our existence. So it's like, that's what he has equipped you to do well. And it goes right back to what you're saying before. It's not that you wanted to teach in a classroom, you wanted to teach. And so now you can actually pursue that while using your most inner passions and that's the fullest you at the end of the day. And so that's why you have balance. And I'm saying like a lot of things at once, right? No. <laughs> but I just think that's so critical for people to see because if you are teaching in a classroom, if you're a teacher and you're like, no, this really is my my passion, well, then you can find balance within that. But it's it's for all of us who went into a career because we thought that was the only way and now you're seeing, oh, wait, I can pursue my actual passions through other avenues, then it's only like when you pursue that, that you're going to be able to even have balance. It's not that you can't have balance if you're teaching in a classroom. It's that, is that really the fullest you? And if it's not, then you probably will have a lot of trouble finding balance because you're always going to be wanting to pursue what you really are passionate about. Absolutely. That just made me think of that when you said that. I was like, yes, that is so true because now you're getting to really do it. You're really getting to do like what you were built to do, I guess. (laughs) And ever growing. (laughs) Ever growing in that too. But it's, it's pretty cool. So like, what are some very practical strategies for finding balance? Whether somebody is like, no, I'm, I'm where I'm planted, where I'm supposed to be, or whether someone is looking to make a change. Doesn't matter. What are just some practical ways for them to find balance in their life? Absolutely. I, I love talking on that topic. And I love I love how my journey has evolved because I remember, mm-hmm. you know, the workaholic life. And yes. I remember <laughs> um, the hustle and the bustle and, and the, the, you know, just the grind and rushing out the door in the morning. And even then, right, my life looks very different now. But even then, balance was so important. And I think a really practical strategy and way that people can find balance is no matter no matter what your life looks like, maybe even if you're a parent and you have kids, even if it's 20 minutes, yeah. <laughs> taking that 20 minutes for yourself can be the the least selfish thing that you can do. Oh, because, yes. That's, yeah. Yeah. And I think like I, I hear that a lot from parents too, that, oh, I, you know, you're constantly in women. We're constantly giving <laughs> yeah. to everybody else and putting <laughs> everyone else's needs <laughs> before our own. And sometimes that can be almost at a detriment, actually, because yeah. if people are just always getting what's left of us and not the best of us, you know, just even taking that 20 minutes or, uh, you know, I do an hour now, but 20 minutes a day to recenter and realign and, mm-hmm. and, some tips of how I did that, um, even when I was was growing and absolutely crazy and wild in, in my teaching and in my business, was every morning I would wake up in gratitude. That's how I would start my day. Mm-hmm. And just pray and thank God for all that's good, even if there's bad going on, because you know what? There always is. There always will yeah. be the crazy. There always will be the stress. But what we focus on expands. So I would thank God for you know the good. 
and even simple, right? Not necessarily big things, just the little things. Yeah. And then I'd spend my day in in affirmation too, you know, telling myself what's great. Because I don't know if, if you've heard the statistic, but the average human thinks upwards of 60,000 thoughts a day and 80% of them are negative. So wow. I really started to learn the value of, you know, affirmative thought, positive thinking. And I know positive thinking can sound very woo-woo and like yes. that can't fix your life, <laughs> but I'm telling you it can because yeah. our brain can't distinguish between what's real and what's fact sometimes. So if we're telling ourselves and thinking these old beliefs and old habits about, oh, I'm not good at this, or, oh, I should have done that better, or, um, you know, I really stink at this, or I'm failing at this. Guess what? That's how we feel. That's how we feel all day, every day. So I started to tell myself a new story. And I woke Mm -hmm. up that day, every day. And what I noticed in my teaching every day and and throughout my day was I was going through my day calmer, with more Mm -hmm. patience, with more gratitude for anything and everything that was happening and also knowing that I was exactly where I was supposed to be. I think it really keeps us present, which is really important. Yeah. I love the, like telling yourself positive things and it will start to be true concept because I mean, I, I love these tips because anybody can do them. Like I have a toddler. I have no free time, none. <laughs> like my day is like back to back all the time. But I was recently just talking about this with somebody else. It's like, you if you don't fill your cup, you can't fill anybody else's cup. And so I keep going back to teaching because we were talking about teaching careers, but I always thought I had to give more to my students. But if I never gave to myself, then what was I really giving them? It's like what you keep saying, like you you keep saying it so well. If you give them the rest of you, you're not giving them the best of you. That's just boom. That's you said it perfectly like that. It's it's so true. And it's hard to internalize, but if we don't fill our own cup, there's nothing to pour. There's yeah. just nothing to give. And we think we can run a life like that, but you can't. You You really just, you're almost just reacting and going through the motions as opposed to being a, you know, in the driver's seat of it. (laughs) Yeah. And it can be deceiving because like we can get good at that. Like we can get good at that kind of life. But then, but if you're finding yourself, I mean, practically, if you're falling asleep every night and you like, you have nothing left, like you're on empty, something is not right. (laughs) Like we shouldn't be on empty every night or if you're laying in bed and you those like negative guilt all that stuff is intruding like something is not right yeah and that's why I love you talking about just even if you only have 10 minutes just positive like what what can I be grateful for today what gratitude should I reflect on today because it can be easy to think oh I don't have time for that I don't have time to do that but then like that's your whole day that you you just basically put your whole day in a negative light if you don't exactly prioritize that so beautifully said. <laughs> okay, before we wrap on wrap up to something fun, any last minute like tips for balance, words of wisdom, anything related to the concept of balance that you want to share? Yes. <laughs> it Tell really, us. I, I think it does take that holistic approach of yeah. you know your mind, your body, and your spirit. 
So, and priorities, right? I think Mm. so often we can get stuck in our excuses of just telling ourselves, you know, especially like your story. I I love what you're saying. Like, and I'm moms, I hear it from moms the most. I just have no time. I have no time. Yeah. But really what's our priorities? Because I know so many people, even moms, after their kids, they put their kids to bed, they might spend 20, 30 minutes scrolling on Instagram or watch on Netflix And that's great. I'm not saying that that's bad because I do believe sometimes that can be a form of nourishment, just numbing out a bit, enjoying something. But, you know, we really, it's it's getting intentional with the time that we have and Mm. dropping the excuses sometimes. You know, (laughs) a a saying that I heard that I loved was try telling yourself instead of saying, oh, I don't have the time, tell yourself, no, it's not a priority and see how that feels. Right? It's just a total, it's, and it's true. We'll always make time for the things that matter to us. So what matters? What mm. matters? Yeah. You can make it a priority and it really can change. Yes. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. My, I was talking to my dad and he, he laid that out, that concept out so beautifully because I was talking about how I always feel like I don't have time to do that. I don't have time to do that. Just like you're saying. And he kind of said what you're saying, but in different words, he said, there's in life, there's rubber balls and there's glass balls. And he was like, sit down and tell yourself what And it's a juggling game. You know, you're juggling the glass balls and the rubber balls. And he said, sit down and decide what is glass. And those are the things that never get to drop. He was like, rubber balls, that's 90% of your life. You can drop them and they'll bounce back. He was like, you miss a podcast episode, it'll bounce back. You miss, you know, you don't talk to your people on Instagram, it'll bounce back. Like, but he, but he, I he was watching my son for me and he was like, but Henry, that's a glass ball. Like you can never drop that. That's the most important. And it's that just reminds me so poignantly of what you're saying because like, I think it is an important practice. Sit down and decide, what do you prioritize? What are the glass balls that can never get dropped? And if you just wake up with the intention of prioritizing those, and I do think balance is one of those. I think having balance and being able to like, and our faith, obviously, it kind of goes hand in hand, but yeah. Those things are glass balls. And so those are things that we, you don't get to drop those. Most of the time, our career is a rubber ball. I know that sounds like, ooh, don't say that. (laughs) But most of the time, it'll bounce back if you need to step back for a minute. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Love that. (laughs) I meant to give you the last word, and then I said something again. So any other words of wisdom? Any last thoughts? Yeah. Well, you know, I think some of my... My favorite things that if I could recommend to anyone tools mm-hmm. that could just be helpful for you that I'm loving right now. Yes, even, please. Um, that I did love and that I'm loving now would be, you know, I was sharing how even when I was working so much, I always did spend time in gratitude and affirmation. And I and even sometimes journaling. I was inconsistent with exercise, even though I obviously knew the physical benefits. But again, yes. you know, guess what my it's story hard. was? Guess what my story was? I don't have time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yes. So I had to learn along the way through a lot of personal growth, which again is something that I prioritize because um, if we want to learn something new or we want to learn how to be better at something, we have to go to the experts. We go to the mm-hmm. experts to learn. And it's amazing how even reading 10 pages a day 
of something that you want to learn from an expert can really, you know, maybe give you that that tip or your Bible. Spend 10 minutes reading your Bible. And that's even something I would always say, oh, I just don't have time. Yeah, I just don't me have too. Time. But it, it's crazy. You know, you can make the time. But one thing I learned recently, which was a book that has been an absolute game changer for me, is The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. I've heard of this book. It is. So he, you know, through his life experiences, which I won't, I won't share because I don't want to take that away from anyone that decides to read it or watch. There's a movie, a documentary as well, is, um, you know, basically he was in a, a tough place in life and he knew that he wanted to as well. He just wanted to change it. He needed to change it. So he Googled, you know, what are the habits of the most successful people in the world? And he realized that they were, you know, things like silence, prayer, meditation, um, you know, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading. So some type of personal growth or learning or, and journaling. And like I said, I was already doing some of them, but I wasn't doing all of them and I wasn't doing them consistently And in that book, he teaches you how to do all of them within 60 minutes, even as little as six minutes in a day. And there is something, yeah, can you imagine? I haven't got to that chapter yet. I'm just finishing that. It's at the very end. It's Um, speedy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like six minutes. So I'm interested to learn about that. But really, truly doing all of that in the morning when you wake up the first thing, starting gratitude, starting a prayer, connecting with God. Um, setting your intentions for the day, you know, even Mm. as little as uh, 10 minutes of exercise to move your body, to get those endorphins going. It's just so powerful for how it can absolutely change your day. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be something that, you know, only people that have lots of time can do. You can make it work for you, but it could be such an impactful thing, an impactful habit to incorporate into your day. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. And like, the other thing that I want, I want people to see is like, I think a lot of times people use the words like affirmations and that kind of thing. And people are like, well, that's just, that's not Christian enough. Like that's not faith. But I think the thing that I have come to realize is like, okay, but God made our bodies and minds like this. Like this works because he designed you this way. So it is a part of your faith because you're setting yourself up for success based on how he made you. Yeah. So. And, and one of your affirmations can even be about faith. Yeah. <laughs> I am growing in my faith. I am sharing the love of Jesus Christ with others. It can mm-hmm. be part of what your what your story is and what you want to do. It's just yeah. to help you get into alignment with who he really wants you to be. Yeah. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I'm so glad you're sharing with us about balance because in my life right now, I need more, <laughs> more balance. <laughs> but to wrap up with something fun, what are, I ask everybody this, and I love asking this because people give me the best suggestions. What are three things, like they could be products or they could be intangibles. It doesn't really matter. But what are three things that you love right now that you would recommend to a friend? Um. Well, Aside from the Miracle Morning, which I already yeah, talked about. I, was I, say. Could rave, I could rave about that one all day. But <laughs> um, actually, this one's pretty random, but it is something that I came across. And I don't know. A, a big thing for me has been reaching more people and just sharing my purpose on a bigger level. And especially yeah. with the way that the world has been uh, and being limited to our household, 
I was like, how do I talk to people? So <laughs> it became, <laughs> it really became a focus of mine to actually learn how to use social media and learn nice. how to use it properly. And I found a really cool resource, which is by, if you have heard of them at all, it's by Shalene and Brock Johnson, and it's called Insta Club Hub. And it is a very cool. affordable, uh, basically Instagram coaching that can teach you how to grow a following. <laughs> yeah, write that one down. I'm writing teach this down. How to grow a following, how to really, you know, serve your audience by offering value and purpose and showing up the way mm. that you want to show up for your target audience. So for the people that you're really looking to speak to. And that's been huge for me because I, first of all, learned I was doing everything wrong. <laughs> how it goes. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea what it, what I was doing when it came to social media, but it's also just given me the confidence because that's another thing that learning does. It gives you confidence and competence because you now kind of have a better understanding of what you're doing. Yes. And, um, and it's helped me to kind of show up the way that I want to be showing up to encourage and to help and to add value to others. So that's been pretty cool. That's but another awesome. one, yeah. And another one that's um, spiritual actually is although, again, I talked about the difference already between religion and relationship with God. I have a, I I don't even know how many Bibles I have, but I have quite a number of them given (laughs) to me from my grandparents, given to me from, you know, from friends. And and one that I was given recently that I really am enjoying is the She Reads Truth Bible. Yes. Devotional Bible. I have been told I need to buy this. Tell us about it. Yeah. So it is, I love it because as, as you maybe picked up with my Lord of the Rings quote, I'm also <laughs> a little bit of a nerd, a little bit. Yes, and I, I love, yes, I love historical context. I love diagrams. I love obviously just the word. And it's a such a neat Bible because not only is it aesthetically beautiful, there's pictures with like beautiful Bible verses and quotes written yes. in there, <laughs> but there's also diagrams and each mm. um, each book of the Bible gives you the historical context of it in a timeline. And and for my nerdy, uh, you know, geek brain, that really helps me learn too, right? Yeah. It puts it all into perspective. So my husband and I, again, having more time, having more balance. We are actually reading the Bible together this year, going through it from start to finish. Nice. And really enjoying reading it together. That's really cool. I, I have heard a lot about this. I've heard a lot about the She Reads Truth Bible. I don't have it yet, but that's pretty much universally what I've heard people say is it just gives you such a good frame of reference for like what was really happening. It helps you like kind of be there and not just feel like you're reading, you're disconnected, I guess, from the reading. Mm-hmm. Writing that one down too. All of this, by the way. Yes, I've heard heard that. It's it sounds really cool. And for everyone listening, as per usual, this will all be in the show notes with links. So if you want to check out any of these things, we will link them for you. (laughs) But thank you so much for being on the show, Angela. Oh my goodness, thank you. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for letting me share with your audience. And if you're listening, thank you so much for listening. I hope it added value. And it's been a pleasure to spend some time with you too, Laura. This is really fun. I know. (laughs) Loved it. Angela, thank you so much for taking your time today to share your story and also to share such great tips and advice for finding balance in our lives. What an honor it was to get to sit down and chat with you today. I loved when Angela said, what we focus on expands. 
Such a simple reminder that our focus often defines our day, which can define a whole season, which can end up defining a life. God made us how He did utterly on purpose, and learning how to harness our minds and spend energy on gratitude, faith, and positivity can honestly make all the difference as we try to find balance in our crazy lives. For everyone listening, I can't wait to meet you back here next time. Today's show music was created by Nick Petrov. Additional music and editing are by Aaron Trimble. And show notes are by yours truly. Thanks for listening. Thanks again for joining me, everyone. If you love Where Faith Grows, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and give it a thumbs up. I sure am glad to have you join me in this space where we can explore faith and all the places it grows together. Have a wonderful week, friends. I'll see you next time on Where Faith Grows.